This is Brad Keithley, Managing Director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Welcome to the weekly top three, the top three things on our mind here at Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets for the week of October 17th, 2022. The weekly top three is a regular segment on The Michael Duke Show. The show broadcasts on both Facebook Live and YouTube Live, as well as via streaming audio from the show's website, weekdays from 6 to 8 a.m. I join Michael weekly in the first hour of Tuesday show from 6.25 to 7 a.m. for a discussion between the two of us about our three issues. We post the podcast of our discussion following the show on the Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Substack pages, also on the Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets website, as well as the projects page on national blog site, medium.com. You can find past episodes of the weekly top three also at the same locations. Keep in mind that in addition to these podcasts, during the week, you also can follow and participate in the discussion with us of these and other issues affecting Alaska's fiscal and economic condition by following us on the Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets Facebook page and through our posts on Twitter. This week, our top three issues are these. First, we explain why our recent op-ed about needing, quote, pro-business, close quote, legislators is really a disguised appeal for pro-top 20% and forget the other 80% legislators. Second, we explain why the top 20% are working so hard to change the narrative about the PFD. And third, we look at just another half a plan proposal to increase spending without addressing at all who pays. And now let's join Michael. All right, Brad, weekly top three. Um, this uh, whole segment today is based off the opinion pieces that we're seeing being published in the Anchorage Daily News. And um, and uh, it, it's a smorgasbord of who's who's of the top 20%, the pro-government spend over the private sector spend. It's pretty crazy. We start off with the John Sims piece, John Sims uh, from NSTAR, the CEO of NSTAR, uh, again, making it very clear that the top 20% of business leadership is working hard to make sure that those 80% of Alaskan families are uh, held in their place because we need that money. We need that money to be spent on us. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, so Sims's uh, op-ed, which was yesterday in the ADN, is titled, Alaska Needs Kelly Merrick's Pro-Business Vision. And Sims tries to spin this as, as pro-business against, and I guess against anti-business, I suppose, uh, the, way, the way he paints the picture, um, and, and talks about Kelly being uh, an appropriate uh, uh, representative of business, looking out for business, um, and says that the legislature has, with Kelly involved, the legislature has succeeded in keeping the budget under control and funding essential services without raising taxes. It's key. I'll come back to that. Businesses need this kind of fiscal policy and stability as we work to attract more investment and grow Alaska. At the same time, we need adequate funding of schools and universities and the university system so we have a qualified and prepared workforce. Without raising taxes, we have had exponential growth in taxes since 2016 when Governor Walker first cut the PFD. The PFD, PFD cuts, which are taxes, have grown every year except for the last one uh, when we had you know, huge oil revenues and they finally used oil revenues instead of PFD cuts to fund the budget. 
we've had exponential growth in taxes, but who have the taxes been on? They've been on 80% of Alaska families, middle and lower income Alaska families. They've not been on that, using that form of taxes, that approach to taxes, the taxes aren't on the top 20%. What, what, what uh, uh, John is really, what this, head, what, this, what this headline really should be, Alaska needs Kelly Merrick's pro top 20% vision to keep the top 20% thriving. It's, it's, um, or pro-government pro spend, or pro-public sector over private sector, or pro-labor, uh, you know, whatever, I mean, all of those uh, work out there. Yeah, it's, it's well, and Kelly's husband is, of course, uh, uh, Joey Merrick, uh, yeah. labor uh, boss. Uh, but it's, but, but it's, all of this article is, is really, when you read through it, understanding that PFD cuts are taxes and understanding that we have had huge tax increases on middle and lower income Alaska families. All of this article is, hey, we've done a great thing the last few years by keeping all this spending going and keeping you know everything that, that we think is important to business, keeping all those essential services going. Um, but and we didn't have to pay for it. The top 20% didn't have to pay for it. So let's reelect Kelly and others so that we can continue down that road so that we can continue to spend. We can continue to keep all these services that are important to us as business owners. Um, uh, but we don't have to pay for it. Guess who pays for it? Yeah, their customers, right? John, John Sims's customers and John Sims's employees who don't have the good fortune of falling in the top 20%, they're the ones paying the taxes. It, it, there is no clearer divide or no clearer showing of the divide between the top 20% business leaders who want to, you know, want to continue the fun and games of not having to pay for, pay, pay for government and their workers and customers, the, the remaining 80%, the other 80% who do have to pay increasing taxes exponentially, exp taxes that are growing exponentially through PFD cuts, there's no clearer statement of, of you know what the top 20% is after than is in the, than is in John's uh, column right here. It, it is it, it is they're trying to tell you they're trying to tell Alaskans, hey, we need to keep this fun and games going in, in order to have strong business and in order to grow business. But the fun and games they need to keep going is taking money out of the remaining right. 80% uh, right. of the pocket in a way that has, frankly, has the largest adverse impact of all of the revenue options, has the largest adverse impact uh, on the overall economy, according to ICER's 2016 study. So it's a, it, it is a, it's a hypocritical look at, at uh, or, or a cynical look at, at Alaska uh, that John's painting. It, a, you know, it's self Self-serving look is what it is. It's a self-serving look because like many CEOs, oh, yes, let's keep the government gravy train going so that we can continue to work on these government contracts and get all these other things. And this public money can be spent in our direction. Meanwhile, putting the boots to the lowest 80 percent of Alaskan, you know, to the to the middle and lower income Alaska. Again, you pointed out that the key the key sentence in this whole thing was the legislature has succeeded in keeping the budget under control and funding essential services without raising tax. I mean, I don't know what you'd call a 50 plus percent PFD cut for seven years. That's a tax. OK, I don't care which way you slice it. That's a tax. But here's what got me in this article. And you could comment on this. He says in the next paragraph, I understand individuals get elected by labeling themselves as either Republicans or Democrats or independents. 
But once they get elected and accept the responsibility to represent us, they must think of themselves as Alaskans first. So, <laughs> so essentially, we, you you get elected by identifying as a party member. You 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 tell all the people this is who I am, and I'm going to get in there. But once you get in there, then you can be whatever you want to be. Then you can you basically can tell. Wait, you can tell them one thing and then do something else. Isn't that the typical politician stance? I mean, this is the excuses that they're giving in these situations. Yeah, you can be and 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 really what really what John means by that is you you should be beholden to the top twenty percent, at regardless of whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. You should be beholden to the top twenty percent, and that's what the bipartisan caucus is. I mean, you look at Zach Fields, you look at Matt Matt Clayman, you look at Kelly Merrick. That is that is who they're beholden to. That so Matt and 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 Zach gets elected as Democrats. You know, we're going to take care of Alaska families. We're going to prioritize Alaska families. We're going to do all this for Alaska families, but we're going to use PFD cuts to fund it. And and Clayman's going so far in his race now, saying I'd never do a tax. I'd never do. I just you know, because I'd never do a tax. Yeah. Um, and so, so you get the Democrats who are supposed to being look out, looking out for Alaska families, middle and lower income Alaska families, and they're you know they they align in the top twenty percent. And then you get Republicans like Kelly Merrick, who says I'm pro business, I'm pro you know economy, I'm pro Alaska family, I I'm going to protect Alaska families. They get in, she gets in there, and she turns into a top twenty percent protector. Right. So it's it's just I mean what what we have we really have two parties in this state. We really do have two parties in the state, but it's not Republican and Democrat. We have the top 20% party, which is, which is you know, the people in the coalition. Donor class, the donor class, right. Right, the donor class. And then we have the people who are, who are actually looking out for middle and lower income Alaska families and actually looking out for the overall Alaska economy, not just for the business owners in the Alaska economy, not just for the top 20% in the Alaska economy. But they're actually looking out for the overall Alaska economy. And those are people who call the PFD, PFD cuts what they are, taxes, and, and talk about better alternatives, uh, whether reducing spending or whether using some other form of revenue, uh, but talking about better alternatives. And this, yeah. is, this, is, this is John Sims trying to say, oh, we're looking out for business when, in fact, we're looking out for the top 20% business owners. That's, right. That's what this what the what this entire op ed is really is really geared toward. Well, this is a perfect segue then into number two because number two is the axiom that you and I have used many many times. Oh, don't don't tax you, don't tax me, tax the man behind the tree. It's always somebody else's opinion. Roger Marks, who is an economist uh, in private practice in Anchorage wrote another op-ed that basically said big dividends means important priorities are underfunded. And he continues to go on and talk about uh, the same kind of things, you know, taxes versus this and versus that. Uh, but this, I mean, this this whole piece is so full of, uh, you know, straw man arguments and disingenuousness. Uh, I mean, the fact that he identifies as a, and maybe he just identifies as an economist and he's not really one. I don't know. Oh, yes, but, but I know I do just, but you read this and you're just like, this is not how it works. This is not, unless you are completely have swallowed the pablum and this is what you believe. That's not how it really works. Give us number two. Well, this is, this is uh, Roger is a friend. I've been uh, on the same side uh, of debates, public debates. He and I have debated together on, on various issues. Um, but this is what happens when you swallow look, hook, line, and sinker 
the argument that the PFD, the permanent fund earnings, all the permanent fund earnings are government money. Because then you don't think about anything else. You think about spending spending on the PFD versus spending on something else and how you know spending on the PFD produces one result and spending on something else produces another result. It is, it is an attempt to change the narrative that we've seen consistently through, since 2016 and that you see by people who want to cut the PFD, top 20 percenters that want to cut the P, PFD, try to use. It's, it's, you know, Governor Hammond had a clear vision. The clear vision was 50% to Alaska citizens, 50% to support government. And if government spent more than that 50%, if it needed additional funds, then government needed to go back to Alaskans, all Alaskans, and say, we need more revenue from, from you in the form of taxes. That, that was clearly how, how Governor Hammond clearly envisioned it. But 50% uh, to citizens. And, you know, that could be used for taxes or that could be used for other things, but 50% to citizens above and beyond. That's just, that's, that's a starting point. You don't, that's not for government. But now we've had, you know, years and years of people who are trying to switch the narrative and say, oh, it's all for government. You know, that, that stuff that the PFD, that stuff that it was for citizens, that was just temporary. That was just, you know, until, until government really needed it. We just sort of took the surplus and right. spent it to, and, and gave it to, to citizens during those years. But now, but it's really all for government. Well, that's not what Hammond said. That's not what the statute says. You know, we statutes, they're, they're still, the, the legislature has never been able to change the statute. That's what the statute says. The statute says 50% to the people, 50% to citizens, 50% to government. And if government needs more, it needs to go, you know, it needs to go, it needs to go to the citizens and say, you know, we need to raise it through taxes. Uh, but, you know, we have all these people who are just ignoring the statute, ignoring the history and saying, oh, no, no, that's all that's all for government now. So if you so if you spend it, if you if you send it out in PFDs, you're spending it and you're spending it in a in a worse way than if you spend it on government, uh, than if you spend it on government programs like education or the university or or something else. It, it is a top 20 cent or top 20 percent argument to try to divert the narrative over to something that the. the over to something about PF uh, permanent fund earnings that, that right. never was the case and still isn't the case at least at least under the statutes. There, Roger. Um, the, the other thing that really troubles me about this, Roger is an economist, but he doesn't. There's not. He doesn't mention taxes at all in in this. He doesn't mention right. alternative revenues. He never. He never even looks at what the alternatives are to to PFD cuts to fund government. Never looks at the potential better. In terms of more equitable and better in terms of lower impact on the on the economy and so it, it's all part of switching the narrative don't admit their taxes don't admit don't admit that taxes are an alternative don't admit the taxes even exist out there it's just we need now that we've gotten to the point where we've spent so much we right need to take those permanent funders well, and we need to bring them all to government well the worst part is is that this whole argument is full of blind alleys and i mean he's got a whole He's got a whole reverse tragedy of the commons uh, argument in here. He says at one other point, no other state or nations with large savings account pay dividends. Well, that's the most disingenuous thing I've ever heard because we're not. Yes, none of them are set up like the state of Alaska. None of them have a communally owned resource. 
He goes on to talk about how, well, nobody's going to pay for, nobody's going to use their dividend to fund schools and nobody's going to use their dividend to pay teachers and no one's going to use their dividend to fund job training programs because we have hard time finding. But he never talks about the impact of the PFD on the private economy. This is all about the public sector, how it is sacrosanct and we must fund it all, all the time. I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and as I say, it's changing the narrative. I mean, it's not, it's not that the PFD was ever intended for citizens. It's always, it, I mean, the implication is it's always intended for government and, 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 and giving it to citizens is worse than using it for government programs like education, like the university. Well, yes, education, I mean, don't get me wrong. Education is important. The university is important in moderation, not in, not in, not in the, you know, the, the full-blown view that some people want to take it to, but it's it, but they're important in, in moderation. But if they're important, all Alaska families should contribute to the to the additional costs that they're that they're bringing to the state. If we run through the fifty percent of revenues that Governor Hammond and the statute set aside for for government, if we run through that, take it to the people and ask that all the people, if they're willing to pay a little bit more for these essential services of K through twelve. Um, and government. They don't want to. The Democrats don't want to. Roger Marx doesn't want to. Joe, John Sims doesn't want to. They don't want to take it to the people because they know what the answer is going to be. Yeah. The answer is going to yep. be no. You have enough. Spend it more wisely. Spend what you have more wisely. Yep. So instead, instead of having the guts to take it to the people, they're just they're just taking the PFD instead. They're just diverting yep. the attack <clears throat> the PFD on its way out. This piece, I mean, again, I don't know Roger Marks. I wouldn't know him if I bumped into him on the street. And he's your friend, so I don't want to run him down too hard. But this thing is so full of these false arguments and false allegations. And this whole this is this is the this whole reverse tragedy of the commons thing just absolutely blows my mind. Dividends are generally spent on personal goods, while public services are spent on collective goods where everyone contributes and everyone benefits. No one will use their dividends for collective goods because people will not invest in things where the primary beneficiary is mostly someone else. I will not use my dividend to fix a pothole on my street because more people will benefit than I will. And of course, you're an economist. People will take those monies and they will invest them, yes, in goods, sometimes in businesses, in creating new job opportunities, in creating and stimulating the economy. Those are all for the collective good. Those are all those. Even if I'm buying a big screen TV, effectively in the long run, that's for the collective good because I'm contributing to the economy. This whole idea, I mean, it's like he's trying to guilt you into how dare you take that dividend? That doesn't help the collective good. We need to all kumbaya, have a coke and a smile, and let government run it all for us because that's the only way, the only way we can move forward productively. And they don't, and 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 the key to this, Michael, is they don't want to ask the people what they want to spend on. I mean, fiscal policy should be about balancing wants with uh, with wants with what you're willing to spend for them, right? There should be a balance out there, roughly through the legislature, there should be a balance between these are the wants we have from government, and this is what we're willing to spend through taxes to support, to support those wants. These guys don't want to ask Alaskans to make that balance. They don't think because they know that Alaskans will say, no, we're spending too much on government. We don't want to pay taxes. It's like a, it's like a school bond issue, right? You get People will vote for school bonds when they think they're justified. But when you get to a point 
where you don't think they're justified anymore, where you're wasting money, people will vote, will vote against school bonds. They're concerned that if they go after the people, either in the form of a of a PFD constitutional amendment, Giesel once said we don't want to we don't want to take that to the people, or in the form of taxes, if they if they try to take that out to taxes, they're afraid that people are going to push back and say no, we don't want that spending. So what they're doing is they're they're, they're like they're like a stockbroker, right? Who who is supposed to convey who who holds and trust the the or a, 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 an investment company holds and trust your investments and and is supposed to convey the earnings to you. Uh, and give you back your stock, convey the earnings to you if uh, 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 when when you have earnings, they're like a stockbroker who's saying, "Oh no, I know better how to spend this money than you do." Right. right. And and so I'm going to divert. I'm going to divert this to the things I want to do, and I'm not even going to ask you about it because I know what your answer would be. Your answer yeah. would be, "No, you want the no. money." We needed some more coffee makers around here, and we decided to take that out of your kick. Sorry, have a nice day. Uh, you know, we didn't get the benefits that we needed, so we needed to do it, and. Oh my God, Randy, you are uh, the free money, the free money, the government. Here's a, here's an acolyte of Roger Marks right here, Randy, going on and on about it. it's not a true tax saying it's just a rhetorical device. Uh, cutting back on the amount of free money that it handed to me from the government is not a free. It's not your. Oh my God, it's your money, Brandy. It's not the government's money. Uh, I just it, blood. Right from my eyeballs. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to be Randy's stockbroker because I would. Uh, oh man, yeah. Take his retirement fund and you just deal with it, Brad. You deal with it. You go to Hawaii and use his retirement fund. He doesn't care as long as the bu budget balances. You're okay. You could take whatever you want because you obviously know better than him how to spend that money. Yeah, it's a uh, you know you, yes. Uh, I I know it's a collective good. Uh, I know you're entitled to a part of it, but. You know, I just want to give it to Charlie today, as opposed to as opposed to give it to you. I mean, it, it, it what the PFD is is the earnings off of the commonly held resource. It's it's commonly held. It's not held by government. Government didn't invest in it. Government didn't pay money to build it up. It's free money. It's free money that 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 came that's coming through the state from a commonly held resource. Every, no one, I think, uh, disagrees with the fact it's a commonly held resource. And, and what the statute does, I mean, Randy, this is what the statute does. The statute says 50% of it, it goes to government to support government services when it's needed. 50% of it goes to the citizens. That's what the statute says. And taking a portion of the 50, diverting a portion of the 50% that's due to you, due to the citizens, from uh, from the permanent fund earnings uh, is the same is diverting that to government. It's just like a withholding tax. It's just like saying, you know, like you're a state employee and, and the state says we're going to withhold the tax you owe. Well, what they're doing is they're withholding the money that they owe you under the statute. They're withholding that uh, and diverting it to uh, uh, to government services. That's a tax. I mean, it's not. You, you, it, it meets the classic definition of a tax. It meets the it meets the you know the Wikipedia definition of a tax. Yeah, it's the diversion of private sector money over to government. Yeah, Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're finishing up with number two. I'm just going to read a couple of the snippets here because why not? Um, with inflation raging, state government has not changed the K-12 funding formula in five years, but no one is going to use their personal dividend to fund schools. Because of low pay and inadequate retirement, we have a teacher shortage, but no one's going to pay their dividends to teachers. 
businesses are having a hard time finding workers, but no one is going to use their dividend to fund job training programs. Uh, I mean, this is, again, the, the shame that we should all feel because we dare to take a dividend when obviously all these things that government should be taking care of. I mean, none of this stuff should be taken care of by the private sector. I mean, the private sector and, and entrepreneurship and none of these things should be taken care of by there. Uh, and again, the final comment, which I thought was the most insulting for a, a, a section of the entire opinion piece, dividends are generally spent on ge personal goods, while public services are spent on collective goods where everyone contributes and everyone benefits. No one will use their dividends for collective goods because people will not invest in things where the primary beneficiary is someone else because we're all greedy. The greed and the entitlement. I will not use my dividend to fix a pothole on my street because more, more people will benefit than I will. Again, not a single word about the effect of the spend in the private sector of what it does for businesses, entrepreneurship, savings, investment. No, this guy's an economist. None of those things talked about in this. Not a single word. Yeah, if those things are all important, I mean, my response to Roger would be, if those things are all important, go ask all Alaska families equitably to contribute to them. If education is important, let's go ask all Alaska families equitably to contribute to them. If if uh, business training, if employee training is important to all to, to the Alaska economy, let's ask all Alaska families to go at, to contribute to, to them equitably. They are afraid the answer would be no. They are afraid the top twenty percent would say, "Wait, spend spend my money on that? No, heck no! I want to keep my money. Yeah, let's yeah. take the let's take money from the from the middle and lower income Alaska families. Let's take money from from the other eighty percent. That's what's going on. They are afraid of the answer if they if they go out and they ask like any other state would for for all families in the state to contribute equitably toward these supposedly you know collective common uh, objectives." They're afraid of the answer, so they're just taking the money that as it passes through their fingers, just like a stockbroker, as it passes through their fingers, they're just grabbing the money and, and shoving it over. And and it's and it's it so we're ending, frankly, we're probably ending up with more of everything than we want because we don't have the top 20% engaged. We're not asking the top 20% to contribute anything. So they don't care. It's free goods to them. And they're yeah. not and they're not pushing back. So you know, it, it, Roger, as an economist, I, I would say, Roger, you need to look at how this is working and whether we're truly achieving the objective of everybody buying in on these collective goods that you say we need. All right, let's move on to number three, which is another opinion piece by yet another economist. This one is Kevin Berry, who is an associate professor, professor of economics at UAA, talking about Alaskans. Uh, Alaska isn't competitive in attracting young professionals because, you know, it's government's job to attract people up here. It's not the private sector. It's not the economy. It's not. It's government's job to do that, Brad. Don't you know? That's what it's all about. Yeah. Here's the sentence that triggered me on this one. Alaska can retain and attract workers, entrepreneurs and doers to the state. This involves continuing to build and revitalize institutions that enable and encourage people to live and work in Alaska the state can expand investments. And then it just goes on through a list of, of investments that the state can expand. In other words, the state can spend money uh, to, to make it a better place for others to live. Fine. You want to you spend money to make it a, a better place for others to live. Tell me how you're going to pay for it and tell me how all Alaskans, including the top 20% who are going to benefit from this too, 
how all Alaskans are going to contribute equitably to it. Nothing in Kevin's article, nothing, nothing in Kevin's no. op-ed talks about, talks about the revenue side, who pays, uh, uh, how it's paid for. It's just all focused yeah, on how yeah. we can spend more uh, yeah. to, do, to achieve these objectives. This is a typical government worker who's giving you his utopian ideal. And you, I mean, this is the same, you and I read this thing, and this is exactly the same paragraph that triggered me. Building and revitalizing institutions. The state can expand investments in childcare to stabilize the industry. The state can bring together builders and residents and policymakers to allow municipalities to be more flexible. The state can invest in infrastructure. The state can come up with a fiscal plan. The state, the state, the state, the state. Government, 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 government. No idea how to pay for it. But the only way we can move forward is with the direct benevolent intervention of government and screw everybody else. The government spend has got to come first. That's exactly if, what this is about. And if you want that, if you want that, Kevin, if you want that, then let's go all, ask all Alaska families to contribute equitably for it. Let's find out if that's what Alaska families want. Let's find out if that's people. what Alaska families people. are willing to pay for. Yeah. Put it to the people. And that's, again, part of the problem. This is the crowd that's out there being the most vocal about this is that it's all we got to go back to government. Government's got to attract business. Government's got to attract people. Government's got to create these things. We need to have more child care. We need to have more affordable housing. How many candidates we had in this program that talked about affordable housing? We've got to government's got that's a factor on function of the market of the free market. You want to do that? Get government out of the way and watch what can happen there. The problem is government. That is the problem. But but let's ask. I mean, they, they want to do all that stuff. Let's ask Alaskans in the form of, of putting a tax bill in front of them, having all Alaskans pay equitably for it, not just shoving the cost of middle and lower income Alaska families through PFD cuts. Let's have it in the form of a tax bill that all Alaska Alaska families have to pay equitably for and see what the answer is. They, they don't they don't they're scared of the answer. They're scared of asking the question because they know the answer is likely going to be negative. And so all these utopian ideas are going to go out the window because no one's willing to pay. The top 20% is not willing to pay for it. As long as they can shove the cost down to middle and lower income Alaska families, as long as they don't have to ask the top 20%, as long as they can just grab that money as it's going by in the form of PFD cuts or PFD taxes, then yeah, let's just keep having all these ideas and let's keep pushing them. Let's elect, Ke let's reelect Kelly Merrick so she can continue uh, to push them and, and not charge the top 20% uh, for them. Or let's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's keep doing all the things that Roger wants to do uh, without, without the top 20% contributing. The key here is finding the balance. The key in any, in any fiscal plan is finding the balance between what people want and what they're willing to pay for. And we've got in Alaska's got that all screwed up because because we are not asking the top 20 percent. Well, we're not asking the top 20 percent to contribute. We're just right. saying, hey, you want more free yeah. goods? You want more? Free, you don't have to pay for them. You want more free goods? Oh, uh, yes, that would be good. Let's let's have yeah, some more. Let's, free let's goods. do that. Well, this is exactly the problem with the con con. This is why everybody's fighting on the con con, because they know how people will vote in the end. The PFD will get enshrined and people will vote for it. And they don't want that. They don't want the people to vote. They didn't want the people to vote on SB 26. They didn't want they don't want the people to vote on a constitutional change or a statutory change to the PFD because they know what people would do already. They know they already know. And it's everything that they can do to avoid that. Brad, uh, down to the last 30 seconds. Final thoughts. Wrap up. Well, I, I think I think people should be talking about taxes, at least to be honest 
if they want these sort of things, they ought to include a paragraph of how they're going to pay for them. And they ought to include a paragraph about how they're going to pay for them equitably. And, and let's see what the reaction is to that, as opposed to let's have these things, but 20% at the top 20%, you don't have to pay for it. So don't worry about it. Yes, I know. So, yeah. so you get to top 20% saying, yeah, it's okay. We need to be, we need to be asking citizens what they want. Uh, this all should go to the people at this point. I agree with you. I didn't mean to get so wrapped up today, but to, to sit here and read these three pieces, you know, one from the private sector, from the, from the government fed private sector, and then two from uh, basically, uh, you know, well, I guess Roger Marx is not in the public. Say. But again, to just read this, it's just a parroting of we have to look to government for everything. We have to look to if there's a problem, government has to be the one to solve it. We can't make the private sector work. We can't make the entrepreneur economy work. We can't make all this other stuff work. And not a single mention from two of these people who are economists, not a single mention of the impact of that money flowing into the private economy and the multiplier effect or anything else. Not a single talking point about that. It's all about how government has to be fed first. Yeah, we're making two we're, we're making two different points they dovetail your point is it's it's they're all saying government has to do this government has to protect us my point on the back end of that is and they're afraid to ask the people to agree with that in the in the form of asking all alaskans to contribute equitably to that cost so it's we have these ideas we want to run with these ideas government needs to do it we need funding for it Oops, if we ask Alaskans in the form of either taxes or in the form of a vote, um, they may not agree with it, but we know it's the right thing to do. So what we'll do is we'll just, you know, we'll be the stockbroker, we'll grab the PFD as it's going by uh, and divert it over to government so we can fund these things that that we want to do. It is, it, it is anti-democratic because you're not, you're not trying to find in in a way that that 49 other states do, you're not trying to find the balance between what, what you want, what, what people want, and what they're willing to pay for it. Um, it's anti-democratic. It's anti-family because you're taking money out of the, out of the pockets of 80% of, of Alaska families, uh, middle and lower income, the people who are least able to afford it compared to the top 20% you're taking. So it's anti-family and it's anti-economy because you're exactly right. Cutting the PFD has the largest, Dicer told us in 2016, cutting the PFD has the largest adverse impact on the overall economy of any of the of any of the revenue options. So it's, it's, it's totalitarian, it's anti-family and it's anti, and it's a, a anti-economy. And it's just, it's just wrong. Let, if you really feel those are the right things to be doing, John Sims, if you really think those are the right things to be doing, Roger, if you really think those are the right things to be doing, Kevin, ask Alaska, all Alaska families to contribute to it equitably. And let's see what your answer is. And, right. I, and, and, and you know, and I'm going to guess that the answer is going to be, no, we don't want to do all that. We would prefer to keep the, the, the money in our pockets. Because we, believe we know better than you how to spend our own money. Right. And you are overriding that. You, you John and, and Roger and Kevin are proposing to override that, proposing to override all Alaska families, because you know the top 20% won't agree with you. As long as it's free to them, they'll agree with you and they'll let you do whatever you want. But if they have to pay, you know that what they're going to say, and they're going to say no. So let's 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 get let, let's get a system in place where we can find a balance. Before we go off on all these tangents about spending more here, there, and everywhere, let's find a system that 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 puts in place a system where we balance what we want with what 
all Alaska families are willing to pay for it equitably. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Three weeks, Brad, till election. What are you seeing? Give me some analysis here real quick. I got about two minutes. Well, we're going to see a lot of money coming in. I mean, the the the, the press tells us that, that uh, progressives have raised a lot of money. We're going to see a lot of money uh, coming into the airwaves on behalf of uh, progressive candidates. Um, hopefully there will be some uh, on behalf of... Uh, on behalf of conservative candidates, I would hope Governor Dunleavy would get out there and use some of the some of the political will that he's built up uh, to campaign for candidates that will support him in the legislature. He hasn't done that yet, and I think that's a surprise, uh, at least on my part. But I hope he'll get out there and do it, and um, and we just have to keep fighting the fight. Yeah. Um, okay, I just got to drop this one on you, Brad, before we run out of time. Don just said, and this is the classic Republican response. Do not tax me to keep the PFD. Um, you're already being taxed, Don. Just telling you right now. I mean, this is, but this is the messaging, right? This is the pro-government spend Republican messaging of, oh, you're going to trade taxes for a PFD uh, when that's not that's not how it works. I mean, on paper, you could say, well, yes, it swaps from one column to another, but that's effectively not what's going on. And you're already being taxed. The PFD is in a strip. The statute sets up the PFD in a strip going from the permanent fund earnings down to Alaska citizens. It's not government money. The only way it's becoming government money is because the government in the middle is diverting it over because it doesn't want to ask the top 20% what they want to spend on because government is diverting it over to, uh, uh, to, to spend it on things uh, it, it wants to. But Don, the PFD is not your money to redirect to, to government to avoid you paying taxes. The PFD is Michael's, it's mine, it's, it's everybody else's in this audience. The fact, the, the fact that you want to avoid taxes on you tells me you want to take money out of Michael's pocket, out of my pocket, and out of everybody else's pocket to make your life better. Well, okay, you've gotten away with it so far. But it's not finding a balance between what Alaskans want and, and what, what Alaskans are willing to pay for. What all it is, is you taking money away to pay for government because you don't have you, you don't have the ability or you don't have the desire to pay for it yourself. You like free goods. You like you like all these government services out there, but you don't want to pay for them. Well, we, we need to find a way where all Alaskans have to contribute to those goods. And then we'll find out what the balance is. <clears throat> Brad, uh, thank you for coming in today. I appreciate it. Um, it's uh, as always, it's uh, entertaining and a pleasure. I appreciate you being part of it today. Enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. All that music and uh, and good food. Eat something for me. All right, I appreciate it. I will. I will. That's the only Thanks way. for I, having me, Michael. The only way I won't gain weight is if you eat it for me. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, Brad. I uh, appreciate it. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Well, that's a wrap for another week's edition of the weekly top three from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Thank you again for joining us. Remember that you can find past episodes on our YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Substack pages. And keep track of us during the week on Facebook and Twitter. This has been Brad Keithley, Managing Director of Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We look forward to you joining us again next week on the weekly top three. 